daughters, sisters, and wives. They're gonna change our lives. Big women, big girls. They'll make a better world. Invest in her. Now here's your host, Catherine Gray. Hello, I'm Catherine Gray, producer, author, and TEDx speaker, and of course, the host of Invest in Her, where you know every week we have on fascinating female founders and funders, and I'm so excited because today we have on someone who is both, which is my favorite category. Let's give a warm welcome to my guest, Susan Sly. Hi, Susan. How are you? I'm great, Catherine, and thank you so much for having me. And I want to give a shout out to you and all your viewers and listeners just for everything you're doing in the world. Um, I think that, you know, as as women, we need a champion, especially in the funding arena and the founding arena. And uh, and thank you for being one of those champions. I'm honored to be here. Well, thank you. Um, you know, I and I'm was being sincere that I say my favorite category is someone who is a founder and a funder, and I say that because you know I'm a big proponent of we need more female investors, and there are so many successful women out there who are in a position to get behind other women, and I love that you're doing that. Uh, so I want to talk about that. But first, I just want people to get to know you a little bit. Um, you were originally born in Canada. I am. I don't yeah. say A, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love Canada. Uh, one of our favorite places. My wife and I went to um, Banff uh, just a couple years ago. What an extraordinary place. OMG and <laughs> Vancouver. Uh, what part are you from? Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Ontario and I was, I was actually raised by a single father and a very tough Chinese grandmother. And I grew up in our family restaurant. So, you know, my, my days were spent uh, getting up at five in the morning, folding napkins, making egg rolls, uh, rolling change back when that was a thing. And, um, and my grandmother would come along, Catherine, and if I hadn't done the napkins right, she'd pull them out and she'd be like, start over again. And, um, but it was a, an amazing upbringing. Um, I grew up on the St. Lawrence River, so I could literally look out the back of our restaurant and see the United States on the other side. And so, yeah, that's, that's where I grew up. That's very cool story. I mean, it, you can already see how your upbringing impacted you being such a successful entrepreneur. Uh, so you're lucky that you had that beginnings where you grew up in a family business, even if it was tough, right? But in the, in the long run, it was a silver lining, it sounds like. Um, so uh, you're in Arizona now. Yes, I live in Scottsdale. I, I had to fire winter and shouts out to anyone who lives in winter, but I needed to go where boots were a fashion statement and not a necessity. Yeah. <laughs> here, here. That's why I'm in LA and spent time in Florida. I'm, I definitely love the sunny weather as well. Uh, we are a little spoiled, but uh, not to say I didn't love living in New York City as well. Um, so I want to understand... Um, you know, obviously your upbringing is what made you an entrepreneur and you've had successful businesses. And right now I know you have a super successful business that you are raising mega, mega funding for. Um, I'm so impressed an AI company. Um, and let's talk a little bit about that because, you know, people tuning in want to know um, how are you getting your funding and, and how did you get your idea off the ground and what gave you that idea? So let's look at all of that. 
Absolutely. Um, and, and I want to just share, you know, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 11 years old. I started my first business. My, uh, I wanted to buy Christmas gifts and I went to my dad and I said, Hey, can I have some allowance? And he said, why don't you start a business? So I didn't get the allowance, Catherine. I got a startup funding loan and, uh, I'll just share the story because it's relevant to the question. And so I, he said, but I need you to do a business plan. So there I am 11 years old. I'm writing out my business plan. I'm, I'm going, what's my area of genius? What is it I'm going to create? So I decided I was going to make these Christmas ornaments and I was going to resell them. And I had my, my margins. I did all of it. I go back to my dad, show him the presentation, which is on full scap member in school when we used to have to write on the line paper. And uh, so he gives me 40 bucks. I go buy my materials, make all of these um, ornaments. And then I go selling them like door to door, face to face. I made $80, paid him back. And I said, okay, I could stop at the 40 or I could reinvest that back into the business. And that's what I did and, and scaled my little mini business. I haven't changed my approach to fundraising. So our company, Radius AI, currently our valuation is just kissing around $250 million. We're in the B2B space in retail and in healthcare. So our healthcare product is actually a COVID pre-screening product using computer vision and taking the burden off the frontline workers. So instead of nurses, God bless them, standing there, pointing the fever gun at someone's head, filling out the iPad, our computer vision does that, and then they can go and do what they need to do, which is save lives. So our, our clients, you know, we're currently um, doing an installation at the VA hospitals in Northern California. We've worked with the Mayo Clinic. And then our retail product, we do advanced business intelligence integrating into existing security cameras. So when I came into that company, I was in the process of doing the architecture to start my own tech company. And I wanted to do it in the biometric space. So if someone has an Apple watch or I have a Garmin one, a smartwatch, I wanted to use biometrics to actually nudge people, especially in sales professions to do better. So if their heart rate started racing in the conversation, it would actually nudge them what to say, what to do, connect to the APIs in their social media. So I'm, I'm in the process of this. I named it everything. And I ended up meeting serendipitously the team who was starting the AI company. And they said, would you come help us raise money? And I said, um, you know, we, you and I were talking, I just did Glenn and Mindy Stern show. I said, I have one area of genius. It's raising money, everything else I'm rubbish at, but I'm really good at this. So they said, you know, what do you want for it? And I said, don't actually, don't give me anything until I do it. Wow. Yeah. And I want to really believe in yourself. Yeah, it's, I want to pause there because so many people, they would love to VC, they would love to start a company. Are you willing to grit it out and prove yourself? And I'm, I'm turning 50 next year. And, and to me, there's no, oh, Susan's made, you know, become successful. I never think that that's not in my wheelhouse. So I go and I come in and we start raising money. We raised $7.1 million, all friends and family. No wow no big VCs, no institutional investors. And so I became a co-founder of the company. Initially, I was a vice president of marketing. Then they said, do you want to be the president? I said, well, okay, I'll be the president. Then do you want to be the, the CEO? And um, I'm quite fond of um, someone else on the team and who's very experienced um, in the startup world. I said, let's be co-CEOs. And so my co-CEO is an incredible human um, and, and he and I work so well together. And, and that's how that all started. Now, I want people to realize that you didn't go 
from making Christmas ornaments to a billion dollar, you know, multi-million dollar company. There was a little in between. <laughs> so, but over the years, you developed, obviously, this ability uh, that was a God-given gift, obviously, uh, to raise money. Because raising money, it, it, it is a gift. And it's something that every company needs, but is one of the hardest thing, I think, especially for women to do. Because uh, women tend to be afraid to ask. And you have to ask in order to get. And uh, even they have a hard time receiving. It, it's uh, it's just brought up in the DNA of our culture. We're givers, and uh, uh, you know it's hard to break that pattern. But I'm glad there's women like you that are an example of this. And I'd love for you to give advice to people that th I know that are astounded by your story you're just telling about raising seven million dollars from family and friends. And uh, they might say, "Well, my family doesn't have that." But uh, these aren't like just friends. These are people that you've cultivated over the years, right? Uh, through business, through networking. So in other words, don't you think anybody could cultivate that if they give it a hundred percent of their focus? I know that you've mentioned this. Uh, you and I've been on uh, the clubhouse together. You have this great group called Femboss Squad that we're doing every Sunday in clubhouse. And um, I just love it because it's great energy. Women who want to give back and pay it forward and are sharing information to entrepreneurs. Um, so if people are in clubhouse, they can check that out on Sundays at four, mm -hmm. uh, which is specific time. And it's just a, a wealth of information. And I love being a part of that. Um, so if somebody really needs to raise this kind of money, what are some tips you can give them? I, I've heard uh, you and Lori that you invested in mention about, you know, calling on uh, 10 or 20 people a day uh, until you get to that one that is what we call your people. And what that means is they get your idea, they believe in you, they want to get behind it. And you know, I follow this uh, thought leader, Andrea Quinn, who says women spend so much time trying to make not their people, their people, meaning someone that doesn't get their product. You, you spend all this time and energy trying to convince them when it's really a waste of energy. Just go find the person that says, wow, this is amazing. I want to get behind it. Am I right? Absolutely. We're not, we're not selling a piece of technology or a product. We're selling a story and the, you know, a little bit, you asked, you know, how do you go from Christmas ornaments to this? And, and over the course of my career, I've built three award-winning sales teams, totaling over 1.7 billion in sales in three separate verticals. But I was, I, I'll just tell a quick story. So one night I was in LA actually um, at a hotel and I was speaking the next day with uh, doing an event with John Asraf from The Secret. And oh, so- Oh, I love The Secret, by the yeah, way. Yeah, 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 I know a lot, of those, a lot of those guys who are in it. And um, I, you know, I'm watching A&E biography. It's one of those nights I'm having a hard time sleeping. And Natalie Cole's biography was on Catherine. And she said something that, that was so profound you only see the glory, you don't know the story. So people can look and say, oh, Susan's co-founding this and she's in, you know, investing in women-led ventures. But what they don't know is 20 years ago, well, 21 years ago in 2000, I was diagnosed with progressive MS. I, my marriage fell apart. I lost my business. I ended up homeless as a single mom. And, you know, and, and what I wrote about in one of my books was about uh, Hester Prim, the Scarlet Letter. And this is the first piece of advice I have for women. 
in Nathaniel Hawthorne's book, The Scarlet Letter, Hester Prim has to wear the A for adulterer. And so many of us as women have all these scarlet letters. We're D for divorced, we're S for we, you know, we've have some kind of sickness, or we're, you know, all these multitude of sins that we've ever had. And we wear these like these chains around our necks. And I made the decision in the summer of 2000 that I was just going to cut off all the scarlet letters because I looked at losing everything as an opportunity to gain everything, to lose everything that I wasn't, to become everything that I was meant to be. And so so three years after that, I started a business that, you know, would go on and, um, you know, be a, a multi-million dollar business. But the reason I start with that story is when we're going out to fundraise, we have to cut off our scarlet letters. That's the first thing. It doesn't matter to me. You're either a good person or you're an idiot. You either do good in the world or you suck the energy out of people, right? That's the first thing. The second thing is your network. So you mentioned Catherine about finding your people. So one of my mentors is Harvey McKay. He wrote Swim with the Sharks or Get Eaten Alive. He's almost 90. He's a great mentor to me. He's like a, a second father. And Harvey says that our network is our net worth. So one of the things I do every single day is I randomly message people just to say, I'm thinking of you, or I was praying for you this morning or whatever the case is for no agenda whatsoever. And thinking about, I was homeless 21 years ago to the point that I can raise money is because over the year, no matter what I was going through, if I was having a wall kicking moment, I would always every single day reach out to three people. I'm thinking of you, or I was thinking about the time when, or I'm so grateful to get to know you. So guess what begins to happen when you are a good person without an agenda, it comes to step three, when you're ready to ask. So I'm assisting a, um, a company. It's actually funded, founded by my goddaughter, Chelsea, um, in their fundraise. And so we're raising 1.5 million Canadian actually at a 20% discount rate with a 10%, a $10 million valuation. So I reached out to one of my girlfriends and I said, listen, this is what I'm doing. She said, Susan, I don't even need to see a pitch deck. If you're involved, I know it's going to be successful. I'm going to bring a bunch of my friends to your pitch. And so the fourth piece of advice is we do a one-to-many pitch. So as opposed to let's go meet for coffee, let's have dinner, it's COVID. We're not doing any of that. What we do is we do it on a webinar, on a Zoom, we'll do 20 minutes of pitching, open Q&A, invite your friends. We make it fun. We make it energizing. We ask for the commitment. Um, people message us and, and that's how we do it. It's right. a different way to pitch. Yeah, I love that approach. And, um, you know, people might say, well, I don't have that circle of people that have the money to invest in my company. How do they get past that barrier? Is that um, reaching out to people they don't know to connect uh, and, and, and eventually build? The, it sounds like that's how you eventually built your circle. Yeah. 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 Here's, what, here's what I would say. If someone can see me, <laughs> Cut the L off. The L stands for lack. You actually don't know how much money your friends have and you don't know who they know. Right. So you're, this is going to sound abrupt, but this is kind of the person I am. I don't have time for nonsense. If you're saying, well, I don't know people, you're not going to be successful in your business because right. if you don't know people to invest, how are you going to find customers? So you have to shift that mindset to, right. and, um, in, you know, in my, 
past life, I was um, actually a business coach. I'm certified in NLP. So one of the things I would say is shift that mindset to I'm in the process of expanding my network and you can use it to shift your neurology. I'm in the process of expanding my network. I'm in the process, right? And so then getting granular, what is it you're looking for? So there are different opportunities for fundraising. We can do crowdfunding, which suddenly takes away investor qualifications where someone might not be able to invest. Um, they don't they don't meet all of the requirements in the United States. They don't make over 250,000 or have a million dollars in assets other than their home. But with crowdfunding, the limits have been raised. So you can raise millions of dollars in your crowdfund and people can invest 25, 50 or whatever the case is. There's always a way. If you want the one of the reasons startups fail is not because the person didn't have a good idea. It wasn't because their technology wasn't amazing. It was because this stuff between the ears was broken. Right. Held them back. And when you say crowdfunding, I just want to make a point that um, like you're saying that there's crowdfunding where they don't get any equity, but the new crowdfunding is that there's equity crowdfunding since Obama passed a law that allowed people, like you're saying, that don't have a lot of assets like you have to have with the SEC for a regular um, startup uh, that you would invest in. Um, and so this has opened up a whole new option for people that want to put in $100, $1,000, $5,000, and have equity in these startups. So it's an amazing opportunity since that's come about. Yeah, absolutely. My, one of my favorite platforms, and I'm they I don't get paid from them, is WeFunder. And another piece of advice, I you know, Catherine and I, the moment we met, we had this just instant connection because we were very mission-driven women, and and we want to see these women-funded businesses get funded because we know that less than two percent of women-led pitches to VCs actually get funded. So like. That's stupid. Anyway, what I would suggest people do, and I think it's really healthy as an exercise, is think of the platforms like WeFunder, like going to the gym. Initially, you might not know what you're doing. The workout might be hard. You might not feel that fit. Go in, and if you're physically able, set aside 50 bucks, 100, 150, 250, and learn how to look at a, a startup's pitch, look at their pitch deck, do your research. And that is going to be a great training ground because as you get consciously competent in doing that, then it trains you up for when you do invest 25,000 or 50 or 100 thousand or whatever the case is. And Catherine, I love WeFunder. Sometimes I'll just go and I'll, I'll read a company. I might invest like $250 versus the, the other ones that I invest a lot more money in. But it's, it's, I think that the best way to learn something is to physically do it. I, I agree with you 100%. And I tell people it's like the new book club. Instead of going to a, a club of women that you're reading a book, you go to a club of women and you get to hear the most incredible ideas and inventions that are coming to fruition. And what could really be more exciting than that? Um, so I, I agree with you. Uh, to, to do it is to learn it. Um, there's also all these um, entities popping up now that uh, actually have programs to educate women on how to become angel investors. So I'm very excited about that too. That's something people can Google and look into. So if they truly want to learn how to be an angel investor, I think the thing that holds people back is the not knowing what to do or what it entails. And they don't want to do something that they don't know. That's the fear factor, but walk through that fear, go learn it. Like you said, you know, knowledge is power. Yeah. 
And even what can we do to support women-led businesses, right? So to, you know, the, the new CEO of Walgreens is a woman, you know, I, I tweeted about her, you know, when you see a woman who is crushing it and leading a company, comment on her post, share her material, you know, share her article she posts on LinkedIn or whatever, whatever platform you're on, we're seeing what excites me to a lot of younger female founders. I had Emily Hochman on my show. She founded Wellery. So they did a, a $2 million raise and they're doing amazing things with women and body image and technology and all this really cool stuff. And Emily just made Forbes top 30 under 30. Then I interviewed um, this female founder who was 11 years old or 12. Um, and her name is Shadai. And she started a cosmetics company on Instagram and he's 12 years old. And so I get so excited to see all of these amazing young women. And then I want to give a couple of stats, Catherine, that um, I gave, you know, on Mindy and Glenn's show. So for startup success in Silicon Valley, the average age is 47 years old. And a founder who's 60 is three times as likely to be successful as a founder who's 30. And right now oh I'm mentoring- God, I love these stats. Yeah, aren't they great? <laughs> I'm mentoring this, these couple of gals. This is just a cool story. They're both nurses in the hospice space. And they came to me um, to, you know, do some consulting and I took their idea and I showed them how with technology, it could be a bigger idea and um, more than likely they're going to crowdfund, but they're both 60. Wow. And I'm like, girls, you are going to crush this. They've got the wisdom. They've got the experience. They've got the grit. I mean, so I love that we have this broad spectrum of, you know, from 12 years old, right up to women in their 60s who are just starting businesses. Such a great time. I love that. You know, the women that won our pitch fest, our last one uh, that the She Angel series is about are a little bit on the older side of, I mean, they're not, you know, super young. And and I love that. I'm like, yeah, you can do this at any age. Uh, do not let that get in your way. In fact, you probably have more wherewithal, more experience that you bring to the table um, than somebody 20 or 25 or 30. So um, it's a plus. Yeah. Well, I love that. Everything you've said is such an inspiration. Um, you know, people should look you up. You have 14 books. Uh, I know you- Seven, have... not 14. <laughs> no, oh, how many books? Seven. Seven. Seven, seven books. Oh, only seven. <laughs> I, this, we're now, our company radius is now on a second M&A list. And, you know, Catherine, you of all people know, you know, with the due diligence and, you know, whatever the case is. And, and I was, I was really meditating coming in out of 2020, you know, is this my year to write book number eight? And, um, and it, it's not, but some interesting things have been happening with some of my author friends, Harvey McKay, 87 years old, just wrote um, a brand new book called getting a job is a job. And um, so, you know, he, I'm on the, I'm on the cover with Lou Holtz, who I love Lou Holtz. Um, so getting a job is a job. Everybody's got to remember that. Yeah. So and I, you have a podcast I want to mention. Let's I not do. forget that the Susan Sly project, which uh, I'm looking forward to being on. And, yes. uh, you know, as a fellow podcaster, we know, it's such a fun platform to share our information so that, you know, women out there can get inspired and get resources so that they can, you know, soar with their own business. That's what it's all about. How do we help each other? Exactly. And I know that you and I have spoken, if someone wants to check out my show, it's for its founders. And that's why I said, whether it's a 12 year old cosmetics founder or a top Forbes 30 under 30, um, 
And, and I went through this evolution of like, who is the show for? What do I want to do? And uh, so finally, I feel like, you know, now I've, I've got it where I want it. But I used to do radio back in the in the nineties and television. I was on television five days a week. So you would think it would have, you know, been faster than 30 years to get me to this point, but no, sometimes it, you know, it takes a while, but Catherine and I are really, really passionate about the concept of building a, uh, women led fund, um, a large VC fund that is funded by women and, um, for women led startups. And I, I, you know, I love that, um, you know, so many people, Serena Williams, Melinda Gates, so many people are helming funds like this. And we're going to start to see more funds where it's a group of women coming together, building out that fund and, um, you know, from an investment piece. So I just, you know, I'm just planting the seed now so that when people hear us talking about it on Clubhouse or they hear us talking about it on our shows, um, they know what that's about. Because at some point we're going to be pitching all of you to say, hey, do you want to invest in this and really make some great change in the world for uh, female leaders. So I love that. I'm so glad you planted that seed. And um, I just appreciate all that you're doing. I often mention that in my TED talk, which is uh, fund women save the world, that the reason that we don't get the funding that we should is that there's not enough female investors at the panel. And the reason that that is so important is people tend to invest in people they identify with. Unfortunately, that's the case, but it is the case. And so how are we ever going to level this playing field? It's got to be that we have more women in the investment world making decisions. And so that's why you and I are such big proponents of more women getting involved in angel investing. So I'm so glad that you're doing that fund. Well, thank you. Yeah, we're going to, you know, we're planting the seed now, but, you know, feel free to reach out to Catherine or myself if it's something you're interested in. We're still having discussions with the FBS and you're all invited to be FBS members. It stands for Fem Boss Squad. It was just an idea I had in the middle of the night, maybe with some wine. I, I'll, I'll confess. <laughs> <laughs> they can find that on Clubhouse Sundays at four uh, Pacific time, and they can find you at your website, why don't mm -hmm. you give us that? Yeah, susansly.com. And uh, we're going through a website iteration. So just, uh, yeah, susansly.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram at susansly on I LinkedIn at Susan Sly on uh, follow Catherine and I on Clubhouse. That's our new place. We hang out um, Twitter at Susan underscore Sly, you know, all the social media. And um, if you want to check out my show, it's it's really around the, the mindset and the skills um, for people who are thinking about starting a business or have a business that maybe they've stalled a bit. They're looking for inspiration, but it really is a multi-generational uh, show. So, um, you know, and I keep everything G rated. I don't um oh who was it dave asprey was on my show i said you can't swear <laughs> so <laughs> kids well, listen to my show so <laughs> follow susan sly wherever you can you can see she's a wealth of information and inspiration uh, of course visit us at sheangelinvestors.com uh, we give away a free download of six ways to fund your business because there are more than one way and um of course follow us also on social media uh she angel investors susan thank you so much it's um I'm just so grateful that you've come into my sphere and I'm so grateful that you are here today sharing your wisdom and your generosity with everybody. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone. Remember to invest in her, make it a great week. Thanks, Susan. Thanks, Catherine.
Our theme music was created and produced by Lindsay Tomasic.